Dobbs was a giant middle finger to the invasive activism of the new left. Since 2020, after the protests and the riots erupted on the streets of major cities, causing over $1 billion in damages, implied threats have become the norm on the left. Windows are boarded up in anticipation of more. During the Derek Chauvin trial, the crowd outside, including some politicians, openly threatened violent riots should he be found not guilty. Random beatings go unnoticed on the streets because they only play on right-wing channels. Like my friends on the left, I mourn the overturning of Roe v. Wade because I think it will drive a deeper wedge between the two Americas. To the left, a fundamental right has been taken away. To the right, a fundamental right has been granted. I keep hoping for some kind of unity, but now the ongoing hatred by each side against the other side is likely to get much worse. The division is going to take the shape of red states and blue states, or as future generations will know them, abortion states and illegal abortion states. There was a moment between the unprecedented leak of the Dobbs decision and the final decision. Some justices might have been persuaded not to overturn a 50-year precedent. Some had suggested the leak was intentional for that reason. You'd think, given that, there might be some civility on offer for the Trump appointees. You know, the whole you attract more flies with honey than vinegar approach. But if you thought that, you'd be wrong. The left, the Democrats, and the media did the opposite. They never let up. They seemed okay with using high-pressure tactics on justices who have been taking all manner of incoming for several years now. They stalked and harassed the SCOTUS justices in their homes. A group called Jane's Revenge torched pro-life centers and vandalized property, sending the message, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. And a would-be assassin showed up at the home of Justice Kavanaugh and threatened his life before calling 911 and turning himself in. Was there blanket media coverage by any outlets other than Fox? Of course not. What were they focused on? The January 6th show trial. Did the protesters stop marching outside their homes? No. The idea was that the justices deserve everything they had coming. Rain did not stop dozens of pro-choice protesters from taking to the quiet streets of Chevy Chase, Maryland to make one thing clear. You don't get to take away my bodily autonomy and enjoy your Saturday night at home. You can do one or the other. First stop, Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home, where they were greeted by Montgomery County police officers. Then they headed over to Chief Justice John Roberts' residence with a similar message. Lacey Wooten Hallway, who has had an abortion and is a sexual assault survivor, has been holding candlelight vigils in front of Justice Kavanaugh's home. But since the draft opinion indicating the Supreme Court is poised to overturn Roe versus Wade was leaked, the crowd keeps growing. You know, if you take away our choices, we will riot. For several years now, Justices Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Barrett, and Thomas have been casually, routinely bullied in the press, harassed, and all but crucified by the left on a daily basis. Because of their hatred of Trump, they have normalized dehumanization against his supporters and his appointees. Whatever they think of Trump, however angry they feel about Mitch McConnell blocking Merrick Garland's appointment but going along with Trump's, treating Supreme Court justices this way undermines their claim to care about democracy itself. 
Chuck Schumer had all but threatened violence against Kavanaugh and Gorsuch way back in 2020, though he downplayed it. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. And our national lead Republicans are accusing Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of threatening the two conservative Supreme Court justices who heard a controversial abortion case this morning. Schumer's spokesman says that Senator Schumer was just talking about political blowback for Republicans. Justice Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing alone was unlike anything we've ever seen. We don't have a press that would cover it that way, not amid the Me Too movement. But banging on the door of the Supreme Court, disrupting the confirmation hearing, screaming at senators in hallways was the exact kind of invasive activism that is endangering not just the left, but the country at the hands of the left. These are live images, folks, at the doors of the Supreme Court, where you can see protesters have gathered. They are demanding that their voices be heard as they anticipate who will, what, who, the person Did you who meet will with be. Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsey said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham that you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you, when it comes to this, you're looking for a fair process? You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Kavanaugh was convicted without due process in the court of public opinion, smeared as a rapist. His family had to absorb all of it. Everyone Kavanaugh knew throughout his whole life now looked at him that way. The idea was to make him as weak of a justice as possible, the Clarence Thomas treatment, so that the public would sour on the court over time. There was never one moment where the left backed off any of it. When Amy Coney Barrett was being confirmed, she was labeled a racist, even though she had adopted black children. Even that was condemned. The media said she belonged to a religious cult and was called Lydia from The Handmaid's Tale. I want to give you a chance to respond to something. Some butthead professor at Boston University says that because you and your husband have two children of color that 
you're a white colonist. The implication is that you're a racist and that you use your two children as props. Do you use your children as props? Senator Kenny, it was the risk of people saying things like that, which would be so hurtful to my family, that when I told Senator Graham this morning that my husband and I had to really weigh the costs of this, it was saying deeply offensive and hurtful things, things that are not only hurtful to me, but are hurtful to my children, who are my children, who we love, and who we brought brought home and made part of our family, and accusations like that are cruel. Clarence Thomas has been hated by the left since his confirmation, but only recently has it intensified, as the Twitter blue checks in the media suggest he should be impeached because of his wife's thought crimes. They dress it up like news, but it's more of the same. Mass hysteria, Trump obsession, the bottom dropping out. Here's a tweet from Keith Olbermann. Samuel Leto, Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, John Roberts, and Clarence Thomas are domestic terrorists and should be approached and prosecuted as such. Okay, Keith. And the onion has a story picturing Brett Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas that says, Of course we know that the rapists who come after us might not know their history and so may not be aware of the decades we spent in the trenches fighting for their rights, but we'll rest easy knowing we did all we could. Kavanaugh, Thomas, champion creating better future for next generation of rapists. More tweets of Amy Coney Barrett, the queen of Christo-fascists. Blessed be the end of your human rights. A picture of the Wicked Witch of the East with the house dropped on her called Amy Coney Barrett. And then Monica Lewinsky, our favorite activist in the post-Me Too era, writes, F you, Roberts, F you, Thomas, F you, Alito, F you, Kavanaugh, F you, Gorsuch, F you, Coney Barrett. The treatment of Kristen Cinema in particular has been disturbing. Activists find her in airports, follow her into bathrooms, and even disrupted a wedding. The bullying and harassment on Twitter helped to dehumanize her to the point where they don't see a problem with stalking her in real life. Too close for comfort. I know you've met dozens of lobbyists. I just And hard to ignore. Corporate show. Corporate show. Corporate show. Senator Kirsten Cinema officiated at a Bisbee wedding this weekend. Protesters greeted the family and the guests. The Democratic senator's critics say she refuses to engage. Today, the Arizona Democratic Party voted to formally censure Senator Kirsten Cinema. This is a mostly symbolic act taken in response to Cinema's vote to maintain the Senate filibuster rules, and that effectively blocked the Democrats' voting rights bill. All because she won't agree to go along with the party line. They don't seem to realize that the way it works in America is that we elect people. We don't throw massive fits to intimidate them to go along with what we want. The new left doesn't see it that way. They believe fits of hysteria and dehumanization are the right course of action. It just makes them less reliable as leaders. We need calm heads and steady hands, not the political equivalent of the children in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I never understood why activists thought all of this was the right course of action. I always figured it would only make things worse because outside the media bubble and social media feedback loop, most people are horrified when it crosses the line, as it often does. 
This is the Red Hen in Lexington, Virginia. The restaurant White House press secretary Sarah Sanders says she was asked to leave Friday. She first tweeted about her experience. Today, she's speaking out. I was asked to leave because I work for President Trump. We are allowed to disagree, but we should be able to do so freely and without fear of harm. Says that the mayor was assaulted and the suspects had fled. No description. LMPD officers responding to that call around 7 p.m. Saturday evening. You can see here in a surveillance video obtained by WHAS 11 News, a man approaches the mayor. He winds his arm back and makes contact with Mayor Fisher. Our country is in the middle of a cold civil war. There is no doubt about that. Unfortunately, we have a media that seems to profit off of it, not to mention social media that does better with a divided country than a united one. Every day, each side is hammered with negative stories about the other, driving hatred and rage not to mention dehumanization. If you only read news from one side, you will never understand the other side's position. Navigating both worlds, it's easier to see where media manipulation drives outrage. The Democrats on the left can't mount a proper offense against Donald Trump because they are fighting a cartoon version that doesn't exist in real life. That, I think, more than anything, explains their ongoing sense of helplessness. If you watch a Trump rally, you won't see desperation, panic, rage, or outrage. Trump is easygoing, confident, and funny. Yesterday's rally in Illinois, for instance, he joked about a potential candidate for governor plucking a hair off his head. We're still looking for that hair, he said. The only thing the media pulled from that entire rally was when one of his endorsed candidates, Mary Miller, accidentally said, thank you for saving white right to life. Because of that, Nazis in Illinois trended all day on Twitter. They genuinely believe that this will help them win elections. It just makes people hate them more and more every day. Trump's side is using the radical left to draw support from the middle. And guess what? It's working. The left is radical. They live up to that label every single day. Democrats are not doing anything to draw supporters to their side. Because they are driven to extreme outrage over almost everything. It lasts a couple of days until a new one replaces it. They don't seem able to get a grip. They also seem to continually justify this brand of invasive activism which scares ordinary Americans and has since it burst onto the scene in 2020. The Democrats on the left have called parents worried about their children indoctrinated into the left's new religion domestic terrorists. They went along with gaslighting Americans all through the summer of 2020 when so many small businesses were destroyed, many with no insurance to rebuild, many of them minority-owned. At the time, it was like so many stories on the left, a taboo subject. Michael Tracy was one of the few brave enough to wade into those waters. Quote, The national media might have moved on from the riots in Minneapolis, but residents have nowhere to go. Much of the Twin Cities is still in ruins. Boarded-up storefronts still display makeshift notice that read, Black-owned or minority-owned, to ward off further destruction. Many locals are reluctant to speak on the record, but some are eager to do so. It's been agony, says Muhammad Ali, a native of Somalia. I respect the public anger, but I think we carried it too far to burn our city. At the height of the chaos, rioters set a large fire in front of his apartment, which sits atop street-side shops. He spray-painted desperate appeals onto plywood affixed to the storefront windows. Don't burn, please. Kids live upstairs. End quote. While the overturning of Roe v. Wade has spurred some into action, they still have their ongoing problem with the language of inclusivity and what issues they are prioritizing. 
How can they, for instance, fight for women's rights when they aren't fighting for women's rights in sports? I saw one sign that said abortion is a human right, but it isn't. It was a right to terminate a pregnancy granted to a woman at a time when women were forced to endanger their own lives to have an illegal abortion. This was done for economic reasons, and as with Gloria Steinem, so a woman's entire life wasn't derailed by an unwanted pregnancy. It is not, nor has it ever been, a human right. Life is a human right. Terminating life is not. It is a controversial procedure that we will be debating for the next hundred years. I don't think abortion should be illegal in this or any other country. I grew up in the post-Roe 1980s, and I know how casually my generation and subsequent generations used abortion as a form of birth control. I also know what it feels like to regret having had an abortion and how you live with that sorrow your entire life. It is just never discussed much on the left. I think this is a good time to have a longer and deeper conversation about abortion since this isn't 1972. We have advanced forms of birth control like the IUD and patches. We have apps that track your menstrual cycle. Abortions are down significantly since the era when I came of age. That should be another conversation we have. Here is a Pew research chart that shows the height in 1990 of 1.6 million abortions per year. And as of 2020, it's 930,000 abortions per year. Things are changing. The world is changing. The predictions for future populations are starting to become worrisome. That doesn't mean women should be forced to have unwanted pregnancies, but it is something that should be widely discussed. Who knows where the stats might go? Fertility rates are down across the board. The census announced that in 2021, U.S. percentage change in population was its lowest since its founding. And here's a chart that says, apart from the last few years when population growth slowed to historically low levels, the slowest rate of growth in the 20th century was from 1918 to 1919, amid the influenza pandemic and World War I. Wow. Male sperm count is declining. Generation Z is having less sex, and many millennials have said they aren't interested in having children at all. More women are choosing to have kids later, which means it's more difficult to even get pregnant. Elon Musk has said there aren't enough babies and that civilization will collapse if people don't start having more. Even if you are fine with that grim prediction, those who determine the future are going to be those who have the most babies. It's simple math. It might just turn out that in 100 years, future predictions will look back in astonishment that we were ever a species that had so many abortions when fertility was that plentiful. The best plan for the left is to use the overturning of Roe to mobilize voters ahead of the midterms, with the idea that if they can flip two Senate seats and regain a majority, they can codify the right to abortion into law. It doesn't seem that hard, but the left in its current state, lurching from outrage to outrage, using increasingly invasive intimidation practices, not to mention the new woke order and the crashing economy, still has their work cut out for them. Thank you for listening to my podcast, sashastone.substack.com. <laughs>